right. Good afternoon, everybody. Good afternoon. And this is Kim with Black Free Thinkers. We are here to challenge you to think and live for yourself. And again, I'll say good afternoon. This is Kim with Black Free Thinkers, and we are here to challenge you to think and live for yourself. And I just want to thank you guys for joining us today on the line. We also have Jacob with us, Jacob Eaton. Hey, welcome, Jacob. Hey, how you doing today? Hey, I'm doing good. You ready to talk about these United States of Anxiety? Oh, my goodness. Woo. I think all of us need a therapist after this yeah. mess. This <laughs> is crazy. I Man, I just came home, and these people bump, done bought up all the food. <laughs> it don't make I'm no sense. You, I told you. I, was I had to get tripe and oxtails. <laughs> Man, I had to get some tripe and oxtails for food. That's it. I'm glad I can cook. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, Let me. But let me give people some insights to this to today's show. So they were going to talk about the United States of Anxiety Reset, and we're going to talk about resources to help you get through these trying times. Perfect storm of infectious diseases. No antivirus. Siphoning medications used by at-risk groups. Stock market plunge. Hoarding of well everything. And Trump is roasting his own goose. Just maybe he won't win re-election. At this point, I still think he's going to win. But let's just see how how much darker he's going to roast that goose, right? The Democrats being Democrats, ignoring their base, power of the people, you know, power of the American people, but also power of the global community. So if you want to call in, you can dial in 310-982-4273. Again, that's 310-982-4273. If you want to speak with us, press 1. But before we get started on what's happening here, I wanted to bring some good news to you guys. So I had uh, requested that a friend call in, and we have Jen Jennifer on the line with us. Jennifer Taylor, are you there, Jen? Hey, how are you? I'm good. Hey, Jim. Good, good. Oh, man, Jim, so the reason why I wanted you to call in today is because I wanted you to share with us, share with the community, everything that you're doing in your local community there to feed these children. And I know you were working on a program to feed the um, the elderly. So, you know, I know your time is short and limited, so that's why I wanted to get you on first so we can share some good news and, and encourage people to try to find resources in their own communities. So tell us what's going on down there in Knoxville, Tennessee. Hey, how are you? Um, so um, I work as I work in the finance um, in the finance business and um, with a food services company. And what I'm doing is trying to feed as many kids as I possibly can. So um, the schools, out of the schools that I service, um, there's about an enrollment of over 5,000 children, and we're working on plans to feed all 5,000 and more at this point. Um, We just started last week with one school district. Now we're moving on to another. We're starting on this Monday, starting at 8 a.m., free breakfast and free lunch. (laughs) Exactly. uh, Exciting times. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, very, um, very much great. so. And it's not just the kids that go to your school. You're going to be feeding all the children that walk up, correct? 
every every child 18 and younger um i'm not going to look at i we're not looking at ids we're not taking applications you say you're hungry you come up don't even say you're hungry just walk up <laughs> and grab something to eat. right and we got right. you you know so. And they can take both meals at the same time, the breakfast and the lunch. They don't have to come two separate times. Right, right. So what we're going to do is basically start out giving breakfast in the morning, and then if they come back, um, say, around 10, any time between 10 and 1, they'll get lunch and breakfast for the next day. They'll get lunch for that day and breakfast for the next day. So we're doing a hot lunch and a cold breakfast, something easy. Excellent, excellent. And in some cases, you all are even delivering the meals, correct? Well, we have, um, because of um, what's going on, I've had overwhelming support for this program. I I actually got um, over 100 volunteers who are willing to come in and help us distribute and or deliver meals to all these kids. Excellent. So, now excellent. the question is, Ahead, I have Jacob. a question. Yeah. Um, are yeah. you allowing any other people to come out and do that? Because I'm, I ha- I'm, I'm sure I have members in that area, and they might want to hey. do something just to do good. Who am I? Hi, I'm Jen. Who am I speaking with? Hi. Oh, this is. I'm <laughs> this sorry. Is Jacob it's Jacob Eaton. Eaton. Jacob Eaton. Yeah. Oh, okay. Hey, yeah. how you doing? Yeah. Hey, I'm um, the president of BAAU. A- a- uh, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, cool. Cool. Yeah, we have. Um, yeah, we have a. Um, I've started a small group here in here in Knoxville but um you know there's not many many folks uh of color who are willing to come out black folks who are willing to come out so that's kind of <laughs> not working out as well as i expected you know and i'm a member and on the board of a couple of secular groups i also have a black atheist of philadelphia group still online it's mainly an online group but we used to meet up when i was up in philly um, but in general, as far as uh, your question, we have um, mostly people who actually work within the school district that are volunteering at this point. Um, we also have um, members from the AKAs that are willing to come in to to help, and also the um, Hampton and of Oak Ridge as well. Um, right now, I have right now we have. Um, so many people that are teachers, educators that are in administration that are that are assisting at this point, and because we're willing, we're kicking off sometime. We're kicking off at 8 a.m. tomorrow. We're not sure how much traffic we're going to get as far as people who are taking advantage of the program at this point. So we're hoping that. I mean, this week I pretty much have it covered with all the volunteers that we have. But in the coming weeks, I'm not really I'm not really sure what we're in for because as it stands now, there's talk of closing down schools for the rest of the school year, and there's actually talk of closing down um, the state of Tennessee at this point. So, um, scary scary times for many people. In fact, I've had a couple of the um, volunteers who initially signed up who initially signed up back out, um, saying they're just really just too afraid to come out and. And I and I just told them that hey I I appreciate your willingness feel free to share share the programs on social networking feel free to spread the word um, about the program and and um, you can help you can always help us in that way. Um, uh, we do you have a website yeah. or something that people can donate to. 
Yeah, we have, um, as far as um, food, we basically have it covered as far as uh, um, for the kids um, at this point. As far as the, the thing that I would encourage listeners to, um, to donate to is a lot of almost every um, senior citizen, um, senior, senior center, center um, has closed down in the state of Tennessee. Um, what I would ask viewers to do is to reach out to your local senior citizen senior citizen centers and see if you could help way the i mean donating food or or supplies or um or money, money um at this point because um i'm in I'm in conversations with different with a few different organizations and for some reason. They, there is a law that says that we cannot serve um, non-congregate meals, meaning that if we're going to serve people, adults, adult seniors, they have to be present in order to they have to be present in order to get the meal and 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 consume the meal there, as opposed to getting the meal to go or have it delivered to them. But there's a lot of noise going around, and we're hoping that that um, those rules change, hopefully within the week. But in the meantime, um, our elderly folks are our elderly folks are are hungry and can use assistance at this point. And the minute I had the freedom to be able to get the funding in order to um, through these organizations um, to feed adults that are coming up with their children to grab meals from us, um, I'll be sure to share that information as well. Excellent, excellent. Because, you know, I want to stress to people, especially with the seniors and the children, those are our two most vulnerable groups out there. And then taking into account that many of these students, these are the only meals that they get all day, which is one of the reasons why I advocate for dinner to be served at school or to be sent home with the kids and and weekend meals, and so we don't want them to fall through the cracks. But then you still have those stigmas out there, and I'm just hoping people can see beyond that and, and you know, allow their children to come and collect these meals. And, again, you know, um, it's just important for us to be out here and for us to help those that are in need. And the seniors are falling through the cracks. You know, they're closing these senior citizens. In some cases, they're not – um, basically taking, doing their due diligence to make sure that these, you know, elderly people are being fed and watched over and cared for and, and also tested for this coronavirus as well because that group right there, they're the ones that are dying off, you know, the quickest. You know, when you go out there and you see these statistics and it's showing that older people, senior citizens, especially the ones with the underlying health conditions, those are the ones that are, you know, um, becoming the major victims of this coronavirus for now. You know, we have to understand that it's not limited to that particular group, but also we need to dispel the myth that a lot of Americans believe. A lot of Americans believe that they have a superior a superior genetic system, therefore they don't have to worry about coronavirus. Be stupid if you want to. You know, you need to adhere to these rules that these people are putting out here. But, you know, I want to applaud Jen, Jennifer Taylor and her group and, and you know, her, her employer and all of those people 
and what they're doing to help these young folks, you know, and, and in some cases, you know, some adults, you know, that are out there, you know, helping out and, and maybe in need as well. So, you know, again, Jen, I commend you on what you're doing out there, and you you already know, just let me know, and I'm right there for you. Thank you kindly. Um, well, I mean, I, I think that it's it's just wonderful that even even um, I have a team of employees that are willing to, to come out at, at risk to their own health um, to come out to, to feed kill children. They can actually stay home and, and collect, you know, unemployment, which isn't as much, but you know they're they're putting their themselves at risk as well and you know i have i've um i have a autoimmune um disease and i was given a limited time to live about 10 years ago i've been in remission since but i mean it's still it's a, it's a it's pretty scary times out there but you know even even with my situation i'm willing to risk myself to take care of these these children out here and um and if that's what and if that's what it takes, it's what it takes. I mean, I mean, obviously, I will we'll be doing following whatever precautions we can. Um, social distancing. The program will be basically a drive-through. You drive up. Hey, how many meals? All right, six. Okay, here you go. Put them in the. You know, let them grab. Right. Them there you go. You know, um, pretty much drive-through or just walk up. You know, but um, it's remarkable the you know the amount of kindness that. Um, that I've um, witnessed during this time and how many people are so willing to, to risk themselves. And I, and I applaud, I applaud all the people that are out there still working, you know, people in, in supermarkets and, and exactly. um, food warehouses and um, delivering our mail folks. I mean, our, our government workers, people are still putting themselves at risk um, on a daily basis to, to help make sure that everyone has what they need. And I applaud those folks as well. Exactly. Exactly. Jacob, do you have another question for Jen? Oh, no, I'm just saying that's outstanding. I mean, you're doing a really great job and if there's any way we can help out over in BAAU, let me know. And yes. um, you have our full I support. Will. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Oh, no, no problem. No problem. Well, Jen, you know, I'm here, and, you know, I thank you for calling in. You know you're a friend of the show. You can call in anytime. But I wanted to showcase what you were doing down there in Knoxville and, and what you're doing for the community and how you're even expanding. You're trying to find other ways to, to kind of enlarge that group of people that you're trying to feed and you're trying to take care down there. And, again, you know, even exposure yourself and considering, you know, many of us have underlying issues, you know, we have to take all all of that into consideration, but you're going above and beyond the service, you know, that, that you, you normally would go and do with this particular program here. So, again, congratulations to you and your crew and all of the good that you're doing and especially to the children and the young people in the community that are being serviced by you. So thank you. Thank oh, you for your service. Thank you for your work. You're welcome. So just just so you know, um, um, meals are being served all across all across Tennessee at this point. Um, you know, my 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 districts are in Oak Ridge and Clinton City um, in Tennessee, which is right outside of Knoxville, but Knox County and Knoxville 
and all the surrounding counties are feeding children as well. So um, just just um, just look read if you're if you need anything, just reach out to your local school district. I can guarantee you that nine times out of ten, your your district is serving as well in the state of Tennessee. Exactly, and not only in the state of Tennessee, across the U.S. You all reach out and find out about these programs because there's no need for people to be going hungry if they have these programs out here. And in many cases, you know, these these programs are being underwritten by the state and the federal government programs. So, you know, even your local churches, some of the local churches, you know, and, and other organizations are joining and taking part in this and feeding the people. So, you know, I wanted to make sure that we didn't forget that, even though some of you are like, church, Kim, really, you're going to mention church? There are some churches that do good. There are some churches that are out here filling this particular need as well. And I know Jen has heard from, you know, a couple of them as well. So I didn't want to yes. leave them out of this equation. Right. And in this in this, uh, in this climate, um we have to we have to just acknowledge one another as human beings and um put religion aside and just just help each other and just be there for each other and that's that's what's important right now excellent excellent well jen i'm not going to hold you up too much longer cuz i know i know your schedule it's like, <laughs> yes ma'am so <laughs> yes yeah, so i'm going to let you head on and finish up and um <laughs> All right. know, and i know i'll probably end up talking to you tomorrow so Anyway, sis, okay. you know I appreciate you and I love what you're doing out there, and keep on doing it. We 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 I appreciate we, you too. We're encouraged. By All right. You. All right. All right. Thanks, Kim. Thanks, Jacob. Have a nice one. Bye-bye. No problem. Thank you. See, that's what I'm talking about. You know, that's why you know I wanted to start out with a you know with a good story with some encouragement yeah. to know that there are people out here that care and that are going above and beyond to help those that are in need. And so you just have to reach out to your local, you know, communities, your local school districts. And what you know, at the beginning of the beginning of what I wrote here to talk to you about resources to help you through these trying times, what I would say, instead of giving you the number to United Way and Red Cross and all of these places, I will tell you to call your local two one one or three one one, depending on you know which one they have in your city. But if you dial two one one, they can direct you to resources that can help you through this time, or three one one, depending on your city. Because in Chicago, it's three one one, and down here, downstate Illinois, is two one one, and that's you know they have that all across the United States. So please dial that number. And and they should be able to redirect you to some you know some services that are out there, and in addition to that, Google. Um, if you go out and you Google COVID nineteen C O V I D nineteen financial solidarity, what's happening is people have been putting together spreadsheets on Google spreadsheet, putting up their name, their cash app, their PayPal, and telling people what they need money for and and what type of work that they do if they're unemployed. And so that list filled up, but they have a backup list. And as soon as people get their 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 wishes fulfilled or get the money amount, monetary fund funding that they need, they're taking those people out and replacing it with people on a backup list. So that's something that you all may want to take, you know, take a chance and put your information out there. But Google COVID-19 Financial Solidarity. 
So that's what's happening over there on Google. So I wanted to make sure you all knew about that and also dial your 211 or your 311, depending on where you are. So I'm just putting that out there. So because people are hurting, they don't know where to turn, they don't know what to do. And as of right now on Worldometer, they are giving us a live number of cases. So it's been over 337,754 coronavirus cases in the world, 14,441 deaths, 96,958 recovered. And in the U.S. alone, I'm scrolling down here, we've had a total number of cases of 38,165. And new cases, 13,958. And right here it says total deaths, 396. And right now the hot spot is in New York State, especially New York City. So I want you guys to be careful out there. Yeah, New York City, they said they're within less than a week away from the hospitals um, being over capacity. So it's getting bad out there. And they still don't have enough respirators. So, you know, if you feel like you might have it, get to the hospital now because later on you may not be able to get to the hospital. So, you know, just take care of yourself and, you know, you have to do it. You know, you have to do it. Exactly. Exactly. You know, on last week's show, I made sure to mention that the reason why you didn't see a lot of black and brown cases of coronavirus is because they haven't been testing our communities, right? And we've seen yeah. some black deaths over this. You know, one of the cameramen at MSNBC mm-hmm. passed away, and, you know, that shook them. But there's an article out here on BuzzFeed, and the title of the article, Doctors Are Concerned That Black Communities Might Not Be Getting Access to Coronavirus Tests. Again, doctors are concerned that black communities might not be getting access to coronavirus tests, and this was written by Nidhi Prakash. Y'all know I, I kill these names, but Nidhi, N-I-D-H-I, Prakash, P-R-A-K-A-S-H. And this was posted on the 22nd, which is today. So I would tell you guys to go out there and take a look at that article. But it's talking about, you know, getting approval for the testing and how um, implicit biases make certain marginalized you know, members of the community make them more vulnerable. And so it's actually a really good article. You know, there are some things I agree with, some things I do not. However, you know, what they're saying here is absolutely correct, you know, with implicit biases. You know, black people going to the doctor, you know, a lot of us don't trust them because of the experimentation that they've done on black people, the total disregard you know, um, have you ever experienced that having doctors and nurses just pretty much blow you off, Jacob? Um, yeah, I have. Um, I have. Uh, and then when I start questioning them and quizzing them and letting them know, I know a lot of medical malpractice attorneys, so let's get this right. <laughs> and then everything changes. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah so it's you know it's bad out here, and mm-hmm. I know a couple of our members that more than likely have it in my group, and they didn't have the test kits for them. 
But you see these NBA stars have test kits. You see everyone else is getting tested, but people in our community can't get tested. You know, it's just, it's, it's pretty ridiculous of what's going on right now, you know. But on right. the flip side, too, luckily with this particular, like, that's why I, like, really get mad at people when they say this is a conspiracy theory or something like that. It's like, okay, this thing, if you have O blood, you know, your chances of getting it go down by 40%. That doesn't mean you still can't get it, but your chances of getting it go down by 40%. And most African-Americans, especially of West African stock, have O negative blood, O blood. So that's something that, and I think the second one is AB. If you have AB blood, it's harder for you to get it too, for some reason. They don't know why. You know, it may not, it may just be an exposure issue. Like, for some reason, strange reason, old people with old blood aren't getting exposed as much. But that is something that they have noticed from the statistics. So, but you can still get it. Now, let's be, let's be, let's be absolutely factual about this. And this is not some crazy conspiracy theory or anything like that. This thing is real. Um, you know, my job during my day job as a truck driver. I've been all over this country, and I've seen cities completely shut down, okay? Um, right now, they're building, um, um, they're building hospitals up in Seattle. L.A. is about to get it really bad. Southern California is about to go real bad. You know, at my office in California, they pretty much, if you ain't a mechanic or you're a truck driver, don't come into work. Work from home. So it's it's bad out here, and just just keep that in mind. Take precautions, social distance, you know, wash your hands. You know, if you think you might have something, wear a mask and keep from everyone else from getting it. So, I mean, that's what you, you guys need to do. And this is no joke. This is no joke. And it's not that the disease is so bad, because the disease is bad, but the fact is that all these people are going to need Serious medical treatment, you know, a portion of the population is going to need serious medical treatment. And if hospitals get overrun and shut down because they're overrun, then what's that mean if you have other underlying conditions? What's that mean if you have to go to the hospital because you had a heart attack? What's that mean if you have to go to the hospital because you had a car accident? So keep that in mind. Stay your behind at home. Eat right. Exactly. <laughs> do whatever you need to do. But exactly. you don't want to have to try to think about going to a hospital right now. So exactly. that's all I'm and, saying. And, and that's the thing right there. You know, in this article, it says, I'm just going to read a little part here. It says, the doctors say that the deep-seated inequities that disproportionately affect black communities, like a lack of paid sick leave and adequate health insurance, income disparities, and access to medical facilities can heighten the effects of a crisis like the coronavirus outbreak. And so, you know, he was saying, Dr. Cameron Webb here says he doesn't want to speak about all black Americans. Basically, he's saying that we're not a monolith, but he says, but there's a lot of reasons not to trust the government to be fair in circumstances like this. So, yes, there's a question of who has access, you know, especially if you're not an NBA player or a politician, because right now they're saying that Rand Paul, you know, um, tested positive for coronavirus and a number of other people. So I just want to make sure that you all, when you go to the doctor, 
and you know if you, you whenever it doesn't even have to be for the coronavirus but anything if they refuse to test you or to check into something that you want them to check into you tell them just like this you tell them i want you to document it in your notes that you refuse to run that test that you refuse to to you know discuss this particular issue with me or what whatever the situation may be and then when you leave, you know, if, you, if, if they don't turn around and come back and say they changed their mind and they're going to let you test, you know, or they're going to run a test, when you leave or you, even you can sit down in the lobby there, get on your chart, you know, the My Chart, that portal, and send a note to the doctor right then and there documenting what you talked about during that visit and documenting that they refused to do the testing for A, B, C, D, or E. So that way you have yourself covered, but also then you'll be able to file a complaint later on if you go to another doctor and they test you and find out that you did have the issue that you went to this particular doctor complaining about. You have to cover yourself. And But, you know, when you start telling them and demanding that they document their own notes with the refusal, that changes some folks' minds because then there's, you know, a liability there. And and they don't mm-hmm. want to be culpable in any way whatsoever in that respect. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's important sense. that you guys understand that, you know. And there was an article over on brookings.edu, and it was written by Andre Perry, right? And I like this guy. You know, It's interesting because he was on MSNBC all weekend. And so he was talking about how, Black people have been practicing social distancing for a while. And so he was going into (laughs) some history. Yeah, you know, the history behind that. And I'm going to post the article. You know, it's taking forever for it to load over here. I'm like, I don't know what's going on. You know, my Internet is a little slow. But, you know, I'll post that later on as well. But Andre Perry. And, um, you know, he was talking about the economics behind it and some of the studies that, you know, he took part in and helped to conduct. And it's important for you guys to know some of this out here and understand the structural racism that's also to play, you know, goes to play in what we're dealing here, dealing with here. So the name of the article is Black Americans Were Forced into Social Distancing Long Before the Coronavirus. Again, Black Americans were forced into social distancing long before the coronavirus. You can find this on brookings.edu and Andre M. Perry. Again, Andre M. Perry. And, you know, it's actually a pretty good article. And, you know, uh, I think you'll be able to pull something out of this that um, kind of help you through this particular issue here. And so right here is talking about the structural racism and the policies that were built on a racial hierarchy. And we've talked about this a number of ways. And it's talking specifically about how black and indigenous people were isolated and closer to polluters, like, you know, closer to the dump, closer to some of these corporations that dump stuff in the water, you know, because when we talk about environmental justice, we have to talk about structural racism and, and, and racism that happens within that because, you know, it's usually black and brown people who are impacted the most, black, brown, and red people who are impacted the most. And it's important for you all to understand that and to also help you to put this COVID-19 into proper context 
and why we cannot allow them to get away with this, why we have to monitor the monitors, if you will, to make sure that mm-hmm. black and brown people get the testing that they need because, you know, again, for the most part, they just don't care if black and brown people die. Let's just call it for what it is. And and it's important that you understand this and that we stay on top of this. And and you'll have people out there because I've seen this on, you know, social media, well, Facebook, because I haven't really been on. I've been dealing with my own issues over here. But, you know, you'll you'll have people saying, well, now is not the time to talk about race. We must look beyond that. We must come together as one, right? So basically they're telling you to shut your mouth and 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 that basically you know take one for the team and don't complain about it. But see, this is the thing. Yeah. I'm at the point that black and brown and red people should be practicing selfishness at this point in time. We've been taking it for the team for over 400 years. <laughs> Amen. I mean, Amen. really. <laughs> we have. Yeah. Well, we have. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I mean, I look at it like this. It's like this is a bad situation, so we have to protect our own necks right now because soon it's going to be like you get, like I said, you get sick. That's your behind, you know, once this stuff really kicks in. And keep an eye on New York. I mean, New York is not like, it's not Italy, but this is going to be a mother, and it's going to be very bad, and it's going to show you what's coming to a city near you if you don't live in New York. So just, like I said, protect yourself. You know, no one else is going to do it right now. I know it's kind of scary. I know it sounds kind of harsh, but protect yourselves. Stay your behind in the house. <laughs> so Exactly. Know. Exactly. Yeah. And see, and that's the whole thing. And, you know, in this article here, it talks about how black people are overrepresented in certain industries, right? So right here it talks about uh-huh. occupations that require face-to-face contact, such as healthcare support, personal care, protective services, gig economy. So, you know, that's like Uber and Lyft and things like that. But, you know, you have the CNAs out there that are hands-on with these senior citizens and these patients, and they're overwhelmingly yeah. black and brown and red. And so they're getting exposed to these things, which is why I'm bringing this up and I'm shining a spotlight specifically on black, brown, and red people. You know, and I know some people are over huh? there rolling their eyes. It's always about race with Kim. Yes, it is about race. God damn it. But I didn't start this. You did. And it's up to you to fix it. I was not going to rush and Jacob, you move. You move. You're kind of in and out there. I said, that's fun. Don't talk to the 1330s. It didn't exist, you know? Exactly. Racism is a modern concept, and it's um, it's a false social construct, but it's the construct we're dealing with right now. So we have to deal with it. So. Exactly. And that's it. And so we have to protect ourselves. Everyone has to protect their own self because, and I would say this is the one time in, well, one of the times in human history where you you gotta you gotta take care of yourself. That means if you haven't already, you go ask for that three month supply of whatever medication you're on. Um, you gotta eat right. You gotta take care of yourself. You know, you can go for a walk, but make sure you go for a walk not around people. So, right. That's it. 
I said be careful. Exactly. Right. And and the particular jobs that we were talking about, you know, they mm-hmm. are at greater risk. And we need for you to understand oh, yeah, and, and many of these employers are not giving them paid sick leave. They don't get paid no. sick leave. They don't get paid time off. And from my understanding, they're not supposed to be making you use your sick time or your you know, your PTO anyway. But again, mm-hmm. you know you know, who gonna check them? A lot of time you get yeah, there exactly. they had, they don't mm-hmm. Go ahead. Yeah, they have people working in call centers. They said no more than 50 people in the space. They got people, more than 50 people in a call center. You know, a buddy of mine, he called, when the call center called him asking him to pay a bill that he wasn't going to pay because right now what's going on? <laughs> he was like, he told the woman like this, he says, he's like, why are you calling me? He says, I bet you work in a call center. I bet there's more than 50 people around you. She's like, yeah. She's like, that just shows you. A billion, you're at a billion-dollar corporation, and they can't even afford to take care of their employees and have them work from home. They have you in there in that situation where all y'all could get sick and die. You know, these employees don't give a damn about you. So you think about that before you call me asking me to pay some, some, you know, some, some silly bill about a, a gym membership. So right. go on now. <laughs> As we told her, you know. <laughs> we told her, like, you know. We told her, I was like, hey, go off your bad self, you know. So, right. and that's what's going on, man. These people, these employers don't care, give a damn. They care about their bottom line. That's it. And you should recognize that. That's what's going on here in America. They're talking about giving money to an airline that. Basically, last time they got some money, they used it to spend it on the stocks to, to, to boost their stock price so they could make more money. But their employees, they don't give a damn about them. You know, if I was exactly. in charge, I would nationalize. I would, I would make that company employee-owned. Say, okay, the whole board, everybody lose their job. This company's now employee-owned. Exactly. You also like people to do it because, you know, and people, you know, and these these Republicans and some of these Democrats, they don't even want to give money to the people whose money it is. They want to give right. money to the billionaires and stuff like that. Or they try to say stuff like, the thing that made me so mad, one of the things that made me so mad just recently is when I heard that they're talking about the help to stimulate the economy and to help people out during these tough times, we're going to cut your taxes. How are you going to give money? <laughs> and how are you going to, how is that going to help you if they cut your taxes if you're not getting a check? What type of dumbass exactly. shit is that? I was like, these exactly. people are retarded. And if I was on the hill right now, I'd say, y'all retarded. Y'all not even, like, halfway thinking, you know, you're going to give people a tax break. What's that going to do? The one person that's going to do something for is that multimillionaire, multibillionaire, whoever, who said, oh, okay, I get a little tax break. That means I can spend some more money on my next jet or my next speedboat. That's not going to stimulate the economy. You know, these these people are sick. They disgust me. Oh, yeah, and we're going to get into that a little bit later about the $1 trillion a day that they're getting ready to spend to shore up Wall Street and these corporations. That's coming. That conversation is coming. You know, but, I mean, you know, I love what you just said. Exactly. 
Exactly, you know, but mm-hmm. also I want to highlight not only, you know, the black and brown and red people that are suffering, but again, Asians are suffering as well. But that's a whole separate yeah. category, and we'll talk about that. Yeah, they're getting ass kicked right now. Yeah, yeah they, they are. Right yeah, they are, and it's not right. But I want to talk about people that are undocumented residents. ICE is still rounding folks up and putting them in them damn, you know, them camps and all of that, but also are homeless population as mm-hmm. well and in as well as the, the imprisoned population and what's happening there you know we cannot forget about these people because they're going to be the ones that are going to be dying off and hurt as well they're already disregarded and ignored by you know way too many systems that we have now but you know these are systems and issues that definitely need to be addressed And so I didn't want to lose them in the conversation as well. I want you to think about them and think about, you know, how they're being harmed and how they're being hurt. And especially when you have some of these cities that are gathering up, you know, the homeless population and putting them on Greyhound and big buses to anywhere, anywhere but there, you know, especially Mm -hmm. San Francisco, you know, they're just loading them up, throwing them on a bus. And, and sending them on their way. But, you know, you know, again, I just want to make sure that I acknowledge, you know, the undocumented residents, you know, the, the, um, the undocumented people that are in these centers that they're getting ready to deport, you know, our imprisoned population, our homeless population, you know, they deserve compassion, they deserve help, they deserve assistance, they deserve, you know, everything that everyone else gets as well. There's really no reason for us to have prison system as large as the one we have in this country, but it's there. There's really no reason for us to have as as many people homeless in this country. Do you know most of the people that are homeless actually have jobs? Yeah. You yeah, know? you see people living on, like if you go out to California, actually if you even around here, you see people living under bridges. I see people living out, out in the woods. You know, right, right now, and I've seen more. I'm seeing more and more people. I saw a guy, you know, had his suit on. It was like he was getting dressed to go to work. Put his suit on, and he's living out the back of his car. This is insane. I live in a city right now that has a, a, a empty rate of apartments of something like forty percent. Yeah, forty percent. And yep. yet we have. Yeah, and 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 the way this this society is getting is getting you know it's, it's it was already grotesque. Now it's just getting just out of hand. Like you have property prices, you know, three hundred thousand, but the median income here is eighty thousand. So who's 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 buying these places? You know, right. how are these people supposed to save? If you have a family and you have that, you can't afford that. You know, three hundred forty, exactly. three hundred fifty thousand, a half million in certain parts of the country, like or or you know, or San Francisco, which is absolutely insane, or Seattle, which is absolutely insane. You know, you have what what you're creating is a society. I call it the knocked in the head factor. You're getting to the point where you're going to have the knocked in the head factor coming real soon, and that means people who have are going to knock in the head the people who have not. I'm sorry, exactly. people who have not are going to knock in the head the people, the, who people have. that have. Yeah, and, yeah, the people that have, and it. it right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, people graduating from college with a computer science degree and making $300,000 a year. And they're moving into middle-class neighborhoods and driving the prices up. Um, My brother lives in a neighborhood in Seattle, 
And he bought his house for $60,000 about 30 years ago. Now that same house is worth right around a million dollars. So he's on a fixed income now. His wife is still working, but they're still having, they still have to pay property taxes on that. Exactly. And the property taxes, you know, the house is paid off now, but the property tax is ridiculous. So what about people who still have mortgages and they have to pay that property tax? Right. You know? That's how they push them out of the neighborhood. Like I said, you know, pushing black and brown people out of their neighborhoods, you're being deported. You're being deported from yeah. a neighborhood that you're, you may be four, five, six generations deep in. You know what I mean? Grandmama's mm-hmm. grandmama lived in that house. <laughs> you know? So, I mean, mm-hmm. it's just it, it's horrible, you know, what's happening now. And this is why I'm always talking about social safety nets and, and why there are some changes that need to be made. And right now, with what's happening right now is a great example as to why we need some of these progressive politicians to be in place. You know, you know what we're dealing with now, this is a perfect storm, you know, and, and, yeah. and this is one of the reasons why, and, you know, I'll tell you, I have my issues with Bernie Sanders, and, you know, I have my issues with all of them, but this is why we need mm-hmm. someone like Elizabeth Warren in office. You know, to to yeah. you know, create these structural changes that are needed that will help everybody, but especially the people that have been disregarded, which are basically working class, working poor, poor people. You know, black, brown, yeah. red, yellow. You know, all of them, and you know, but especially black people, it, it disproportionately affects black and brown people. You know, but I did mm-hmm. want to talk about the people and what they're dealing with right now. This is ridiculous. Mm. You have people out here trying to beat them senseless, blaming them for the coronavirus, and and the cheddar tater tot still keeps calling it the Chinese virus. They call it Kung Flu and a bunch of other derogatory names, and then acting as though they don't understand why Asian people are getting upset or why people are now bullying and intimidating and harming this particular group of people. It's it's, it's just horrible. Yeah, I mean, Trump to me is, from a historical standpoint, you got Mussolini, and I look at Biden as Taft. <laughs> so <laughs> I would choose Taft because at least Taft we can push him to the left. But this uh, Mussolini, the, you know, the Cheddar Tater Tot, you know, Agent Orange, all them dang nicknames. He, yeah, he's, this is this guy is a is a is a hot mess and still trying to and that and it's all for him. It's just about blaming somebody else for it. his fuck up. The reason why. Excuse me. That virus got into the populations in in um, in Washington State and California and New York, for a lesser extent, is because this fool said, "I'm gonna bring back people who are sick with no with no uh, controls on how to do it safely. Bring back people who are sick back to the states. That's why this stuff. If you look look at it, it sprung up around areas." that had military air force bases. And then when the red yep. states complained, Hey, we don't want those people coming in here. They're sick. He ain't, he right. said, okay, well, I'll just send them to a blue state. And, 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 and that's just the sickness of this fool. I mean, he is literally punishing American population centers because they didn't vote for him or it's not his exactly. quote unquote constituency. 
You know, uh, it's it's, exactly. it's insane. I mean, it's, it's it's insane. It's sick. And I would really like to see more of the media talking about that. Just that that one fact right there. This guy put the risk, put people at risk. I mean, the uh, governor out in, in uh, Washington State, he's talking about it. He's hopping mad. You know, New York is talking about it. They're hopping mad. But right. this this didn't ha- this did not have to be a pandemic, at least not in this country. You know. And the fact that he wouldn't even accept the WHO's testing, because we'll design our own, but you don't have one. So use theirs. What do you think you're going to design your own? And then you can't even roll out anything. I don't still, they still don't have enough tests. And they're right. rationing the tests all out. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, look at the white supremacy behind that. Instead of taking yeah, something it's all white that supremacy. is tested, tried, well, but you know, but but instead of taking something that's tested, tried, and true, they decide, oh well, we can do it better. But not you don't even yeah, understand I mean, what's happening or what this entails. Yeah, but you can do it better though. You see that in the trucking industry. You see this in the trucking industry. In the trucking industry, you have these guys talking about, I can't, I'm so glad Obama's out of office. Trucking rates were at a historical high when Obama was in office. Now, I'm just saying. A historical high. They were like on fire. I mean, people were getting, you know, four or five, sometimes even seven dollars a mile. When the shade of Taylor side got in power, you know, Agent Orange, them things got cut <laughs> down to right. you were lucky to get a dollar fifty on some loads that were paying seven dollars before. How about that? You know. How about that? And the that? thing is funny about it, because the companies that are the shippers, they're paying that seven dollars. But all the money's going to the brokers, the middleman. Exactly. And you get the exactly. scraps. So it's That's just how a, it's, it's always just, been. It's just, yeah, it's just pimping all the way around. It's like, you know, it's just, it's pimping. And and that's what's going on. Or these dang drivers talking about they were happy when they released us from our rules of service. And uh they were happy about that. And then the rates dropped. Because now one guy, you can pay him less, and he'll go twice as far and get it there twice as fast. But now you're getting less money for the same load that you could have ran normally a few days ago. Right. Exactly. And so, I mean, again, I'm glad that people are bringing this type of thing out to the forefront. And because you work Mm -hmm. in that industry, you see it for yourself. You're talking to the people, you know, you're talking to the other truckers. And and also, you know, again, with management and the owners of these trucking companies, you know, you know, they, they talk to you guys about how they used to receive this amount for a load and you know, since the Trump administration came into being, how all of that has dropped. And all yeah, of that but it's is a disconnect. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a disconnect. These people saw the black president as their problem, is the problem. No, the problem is you're getting bamboozled and you voted for someone that is definitely not your inter- in your interest at all. And exactly. you know, that's what's going on. But the Democrats, on the flip side, we did not offer a good alternative. You know, yeah, no, not a real viable business yeah, usual. not a viable candidate. Yeah. 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 yeah but they're out here being Democrats. Yeah. yeah. And 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 see, and yeah. this is the thing that's pissing me off right now with the stimulus package and some of the you know, some of the programs that people were wanting them to include in this package or in future pack um in future stimulus bills. 
basically you have Nancy Pelosi and some of the Democrats saying, well, yes, we need this, but we're not going to push for it because we have to be seen as being reasonable. So, again, they were saying how New York State. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the governor of New York State was on just on the radio on the TV today talking about uh, we've had, what, three similar bills so far? And they were like, uh, and none of them have any money in it for to directly help my state. None of it has anything in it. And even the Democrats in our state didn't challenge Pelosi and challenge other Democrats to put money in it because, well, it's our party. He says, no, I'm governor of this whole state. I got Democrats and Republicans to say I'm governor of this whole state, and I need you guys to stand up for our state because this is the hardest hit hit state right now. New York is the hardest hit state. New York is about to is about to become a third world country, you know, right. become one of those shithole nations. And the thing is, that's one of our economic hubs. That is the ne- economic hub of the world, or one of them. And right. it's, it's just the, the 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 incompetence, the the lack of you know, lack of any work, the lack of anything with this particular president is just absolutely disgusting. You know, right, and, and they hate they hate poor people, and we've been telling you and they that hate the government, you know, exactly. and they hate the government, but they want to be in charge of the government. That's why they're trying to blow it's, it up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You blow up the That's government, you then yeah. you blow up your society, and exactly. and I'll tell you like this: New York, Illinois, uh, the entire West Coast, Virginia, uh, all those states that actually put money into the coffers. You know, they don't need Alabama, Mississippi, uh, you know, Kentucky, Tennessee, North Dakota, South Dakota. They don't need them. So it's a dangerous game they're playing. You know, it's a real dangerous game, you know. Right. Because all those blue states make money. All those red states lose money, with the exception of Texas and Georgia. So play it if you want to and see what happens. Right, you know, and the people that are being New York, mm-hmm. yeah, like what if New York and what if New York said, and New York and California and the West Coast said, you know what, we need to keep the money that we we take, you know, we take in from our population for federal taxes. We need that since we're not getting proper help. What happens then? You know, right? Or what happens if those states sign a compact and said, you know, all these supplies that we need. You know, we're going to work together and we're going to drive the price up. And if you win one on red states, oh, well, fuck you. You know, we got more buying power than you. Right, exactly. And we'll get to that in a minute because the FEMA chair is saying that Trump is still not using the Defense Production Act. And we'll get to that in a minute. But, you know, with the stimulus package, the people that are being impacted the most, poor people, are not going to receive mm-hmm. anything. If you're unemployed, you yeah. know, um, you know, just they don't want to give you a dime, a dime. And even they mm-hmm. were talking about that $1,000 in April and or May and then another $1,000 in, well, 1000 in April and 1000 in May. You have to jump through hoops to get that money. So if you're out there and you're currently unemployed, you know, there's a good chance you won't receive anything. 
and and they don't yes. even want to make adjustments for the unemployed in regards to unemployment. You, you know, you receiving unemployment. It's just the whole thing to me is like they are trying to wipe out poor people. And I believe this is my belief that we are going to see an explosion in the homeless community. We're going to see an explosion. And Mnuchin himself even said that unemployment may reach up to 20%, 20% unemployment mm-hmm. in this country. But in addition to that, what I also want you all to know is that the Trump administration is trying to suppress those unemployment numbers. So basically they're asking the states to hold their numbers down so that – Oh, you know, yeah, so I forgot about that, yeah. That. Yeah. Yeah, so they're mm-hmm. trying yeah. to yeah, I forgot about that. Numbers. Yeah, like I said, this yeah, is a perfect it's, 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 Yeah. Hello? Exactly. Yeah, no, I was letting you finish mm-hmm. your comment. It was like you were ready to get in there. So oh, yeah. I was trying to get through. Hey, I mean, it's, 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 I mean, it's truly insane what is going on in this nation. I mean, it's like, now, you have a war on poor people, but, you know, viruses and things like that just don't, don't only affect poor people. So that's why you have the jet set kind of got it first. Like I was trying to explain this to somebody a few days ago. I said, the reason why a lot of these stars, these actors and all these, you know, athletes, all these got it first is because they're exposed to more people. You're exposed to less people. So you were less likely to get it. But these people go all around the world and travel, hang out together and stuff like that. So, yeah, they're more exposed. That's why they're getting it. Also, they have the the most important thing, they have the ability to get tested. Because they're going to find right. a test someplace. If they have to get it from China, they're going to get that test. Exactly. So that's, so that's the difference. Like, so when they're talking about these numbers and saying this amount of people have it, we don't know how bad it is. I suspect it's far worse exactly. know, than what they're saying it is. It's like almost like you know, if we don't give them the test, excuse me, then they can say, oh, well, it's not that bad. Right, and they're also lying it, with the numbers. Far worse. Yeah. Yeah, they're yeah. lying with because the numbers. Because if you look at the numbers. Mhm. Yeah, because we know this thing kills anywhere between 3.8 and on um, some of the high numbers say like 4 and some of the higher even higher numbers say 5% of the people that get it will die. So, I mean, I've seen, you know, variations in the numbers. So, if that's the case, if X amount of people have it, then it should be a corresponding number with the amount of deaths. So that means that someone's playing with the numbers. We're doing the same thing China did early on with this thing. But the difference with China, they shut cities down. Like, oh, they got it right. here, shut it down. And then spray the entire city, you know, with with you know, with bleach or something. Just we got to we got to we got to do this. How are we going to get a hold of it? And they got their they got their mess under control. We don't. You know, well, and, and that's right. the scary so- thing about it. Well, that's questionable because there are some Chinese residents and some journalists that are saying that China is is engaging in propaganda and that they still have a problem over there. So it's still being oh, I'm sure they do. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure they do. But what I'm saying is I'm sure their problem isn't like the problem that we're about to have in a week exactly. or two. <laughs> okay? Yep. Exactly. They, our problem is going to look worse than – Italy, their problem is bad. Our problem is going to be far worse because we don't have the infrastructure. And we have a president that doesn't seem like he's interested in doing a damn thing at all. 
And when these exactly. this virus, you know, gets really good and, and, and moshed up in states like Mississippi, Alabama, Kentucky, you know, wait for it. People going to be, you know, they're going to be throwing people out like corn cord, cords of wood and stuff when they die. It's going to be bad. Exactly. And I, I and see, see it coming. I see it coming. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, I see. I think that one of the <laughs> one of the very images that's really going to grip America when they start seeing this is the same images we saw in Italy when they were driving out truckloads of dead bodies from this coronavirus. Mm-hmm. When that's shown on mm-hmm. American television and you recognize those landmarks because you've been to that city, and you know it's someone you know or someone someone you know. That you know that that have been impacted and may have died or may have recovered from it, but until they see that on television with truckloads of people being moved, because you know these funeral homes and morgues and you know they're already overrun with bodies. They don't need all this additional help coming in. You know what I mean? When yeah. I say additional help, we talk about additional graves. bodies. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, and that we're is getting to the to point. We're going to start talking mass graves. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I'm trying to prepare people because it's like, I know some people were like, oh, well, she's been talking about this economic plunge for a while and it hasn't happened. And like I told you guys, it was overdue. And what you're seeing right now is only the beginning because it hasn't bottomed out yeah. yet. Yeah. And we've been yeah. waiting on this to happen. Now, you know, yeah. this, this this pernicious, infectious disease caught me by surprise, even though we had been reading about it in the paper. But, you know, again, propaganda in the American media. And, again, the American media is only allowed to to talk about some of these things only so much. They, they have to mm-hmm. suppress some news as well because the government will tell them you can't talk about A, B, C, D, and E. And there are reasons for that. And right now, you know, so we'll get into that in a minute, but, um, you know, I need you guys to pay attention because, um, you know, I'll tell you all something personal that's happening with me right now. So for those of you that have been around, you know, I had heart surgery a couple of weeks ago, so I'm at a high-risk group, not only for the heart surgery and the recovery from that, but also I have lupus and a number of other autoimmune diseases, right? So when you hear them talking about, you know, immunocompromised people, I am in that particular group. So there is this medication called hydroxychloroquine. The brand name for it is Plaquenil, and the generic name is hydroxychloroquine, right? And so you have the cheddar tater tot on the news talking about how he has this feeling that the hydroxychloroquine will help to remedy this this coronavirus, right? So there has been a run on the medication. People are hoarding the medication. And once he did that press conference and he called out hydroxychloroquine, you know, the the chronic illness lupus groups exploded. And I'll, I'll admit, I called the, my pharmacist up real quick, send me a 90-day prescription of my shit right now to make sure that I don't run out. But see, it's starting to run out. There's an article on ProPublica, and it says the title of the article is Lupus Patients Can't Get Crucial Medication After um, Donald Trump or After President Trump Pushes uh, Unproven Coronavirus Treatment. And I'll read that again. Lupus Patients Can't Get Crucial 
get crucial medication after President Trump pushes unproven coronavirus treatment. And basically, these pharmacies are running out of this particular medication. Now, I get mine mm-hmm. from like this big pharmacy farm, so I'm going to get my medicine. But this medicine is mainly used for people with rheumatoid arthritis and lupus. And so now, you know, we're worried about our illness and how we're going to be treated, especially, you know, if they're going to be using medications that are out there specifically for us. You have some people who believe that the price of the medication will come down, and then you have some people who believe that it's going to drive up the price of the medicine. And this particular medicine you can buy over-the-counter in Mexico they have had a run over there as well. So you have people out here that are hoarding this as well. So, I mean, I wanted to bring that to your attention because there may be people in your life who have, you know, the same underlying conditions and may be using some of these medications, and this is going to be a problem. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's, it's insane. Like they're talking about – they were talking about MSNBC this morning – um, the closest thing we got to liberal news, <laughs> um, which is not owned by Comcast. Um, they were talking, right? yeah, owned by Comcast, and they were talking about they're like, look, I think they're going, they they're thinking about changing their strategy. Like CNN and some of the other broadcasts think about changing their strategy when it comes to even dealing with Trump's press conferences. Just basically, he'll go on his press conference. We're not airing it live because we can't fact check it. <laughs> because he, the only thing he's doing right. is causing more people to get hemmed up, you know. Like I was in, um, I was in um, Southern Georgia a few days ago, and I heard these um, people talking about uh, talking about the virus and like I don't believe it's real. I don't believe it's that bad. <laughs> I'm on as I, as as they're talking and doing this stuff. I'm slowly, you know go from 10 feet, 15 feet, 20 feet, 30, as far as I can get the heck away from right. those people while they're talking, while right. they have their coughing on each other and stuff like that. Yeah, it's nothing. Yeah, da, da, da. <laughs> and the president said, <coughs> I was like, ooh. You know, I was like, yeah, they got it. Or if they don't, I don't still don't want to know what that is. I don't want to find out. So, you know, it's it's bad out here. So, you know, it's bad. It's bad. And this it, it, you know, and this run of medication and the fact that this idiot cut off China as far as imports, a lot of our drugs, you know, the, the very, you know, the, um, the uh, components of them are made in China. So if you do that, you, you, you automatically, you just created shorts on certain medications. And that's what this idiot did. He, you know, it just right. doesn't get it at all. And it's just like, I mean, Agent Orange or the orange, what do you call him? The orange, uh, what do you call him? The orange terror. No, the cheddar tater tide. The cheddar tater tide, orange terror, whatever we we'll call him. This guy, Tang, is 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 the perfect storm. And he's the, he is the perfect storm of just fuckery. You know, and I I just, I'm just, I'm just mystified. But you know what? In some ways, I look at it like this: He's the president that this country deserves because liberals and progressives, for decades, have been saying, "Look, this is what you're going to end up with if you do certain things. If you cut school funding, if you 
if you allow certain policies to get a pass, there's no problems. This is what you're going to end up with. Right. You know, after George Bush, there shouldn't have been another Republican president for the next 20 years. But the Democratic Party, the high-up party, not the not the, the progressives in the party, decided, hey, we're going to use a lot of Republican talking points, and we're going to play it to the center, even though the center's been moving you know, further and further to the right. So now the Democratic Party is on the is on the ten yard line and the Republican yard line's a touchdown. Right. <laughs> you know, it's you know, it's it's bad. It's bad. And exactly. What I and what I say is to this, everybody go out there and vote by mail. When your primary comes up for your congressman and senator, and if your congressman and senator hasn't been doing right, you vote for the most progressive candidate you can find. Because that's the one thing I have hope in is that I think that we can change the House and the Senate and we can push them to the left. So, especially now well, there's going to be a vacancy crossed. in California. Well, there's going to be a vacancy in California very soon. So, <laughs> and a few other vacancies. <laughs> no, I'm not talking about, no, I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about Pelosi. I'm talking about that uh, Feinstein. Oh, what do you think oh. about that? Insider oh. trading. Feinstein, oh. insider trading. I was like, mm-hmm. did yeah. the Republican already step down? Well, the, they were saying that Burr was going to step down, but I think he's resisting because I think the Cheddar Tater Tot told him to fight it and never admit defeat, never admit wrongdoing. You know how they are. If you can't outright prove that they're guilty, they're going to fight you all the way to the bone. Mm-hmm. Well, the Democrats, I would push Feinstein's ass out so quick and make your head spin. I would show the difference. Feinstein's ass needs to go. It's a Democratic governor. A Democrat will get appointed to the seat, and another Democrat will win it. You know, and that's right. just how it. That's how it goes. That's how it goes in, in California, because the Republicans. You know what though? I think about it like this. When I, when I just think about it, look what happened in California. Up until recently, mm-hmm. up until what was his name? Um, what was his name? Uh, Arnold. You know, after Arnold, oh, you haven't seen another Republican. Yeah, you haven't seen another Republican in any form of statewide government in California. And that's what's coming to the rest of this country. Because after this, I think even the Republicans know, like, you know what? We need to try something different. <laughs> for real. This ain't working for us. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I mean, with this, what's happening now with this virus and how people are reacting, you know, with mm-hmm. the with the hoarding of the toilet paper, and you know, it's an article here, and um, mm-hmm. let me see here, this is on discovermag.com, and let me scroll up so I can tell y'all the title of the article: Why Coronavirus Is Turning People Into Hoarders: A Q and A on the Psychology of Pandemics. Again, why coronavirus is turning people into to Hoarders, a Q&A on the psychology of pandemics, and this was written by Megan Schmidt on March 13th. And so, you know, it's talking about what's happening and how coronavirus has been confirmed in a number of countries, blah, blah, blah. And so she's talking about here how supermarkets and stores have become the Wild West, whereas everybody out for themselves, especially with toilet paper, and how people are up there fighting you know, trying to figure out who's going to get the last roll of toilet paper. In Australia, a coffee shop is accepting toilet paper as currency. 
in Hong Kong, you know, knife-wielding men robbed a store and walked away with 600 rolls of toilet paper, which comes to about $130. Um, in addition to that, you have people who are sneeze-shaming folks. So what happened was on a flight from New Jersey, a, well, a plane that was headed to New Jersey, it landed in Denver because somebody on the plane had an allergic sneezing reaction and a group of people on the plane became disruptive because this person was sneezing. And so, you know, you have your coronavirus-fueled hate crime. So they landed the plane because some of the passengers were upset about this person sneezing. They had to land that plane in Denver as opposed to make his way to Jersey because fights were about to break out on that plane because somebody was sneezing. So you're sneeze-shaming. I'm like, what the hell have we come to? Now, okay, you know, I'm not even... You haven't seen nothing yet. Exactly. Let me tell you, I I won't lie to y'all, I have been stockpiling what I need to stockpile in my house because, you know, we have to understand, I'm single with no children, right? Mm -hmm. I have all of these Mm -hmm. underlying medical conditions, and again, I just had heart surgery, so it's limited to my mobility and things that I can do any damn way. So it's Mm -hmm. like I need to get stuff in to make sure I can't go outside because, you know, that's not how I want to die. You know, know? Mm -hmm. And, uh, Mm -hmm. and so I'm making sure that I have everything in place, but, you know, the extra that I have, you know, I know who I'll give it to. As a matter of fact, you know, I've sent money to a few people that I know are having a hard time. They didn't say anything to me. I just sent, you know, and told them, look, hopefully this will help you through times right here. But here's some money, and I'll send you some more in about three weeks or four weeks. So, you know, so I can kind of gauge where they are with all of this, Mm -hmm. you know, and what's happening here. But, you know, what we've been experiencing in this country has been truly revealing or, you know, revelatory, if you will. But, you know, you have these people out here fighting each other for the toilet paper. You go to the grocery store, ain't nothing there. And, you know, Jacob and I, we were laughing last night, teasing, talking about how we saw the white people looking at buckets of chitlins trying to figure out how to cook the shit and what it was. Oh, yeah, it's it's. It's crazy. I mean, it's like I went to the Walmart. Oh, one tip, too, don't go to Walmart. Go to the grocery store because the Walmart is pick clean. I went to the Walmart and ended up spending $150 to get oxtails and tripe and a couple of other things that I, know, I just so happen to know how to cook. <laughs> so, But when I went to the grocery store, I found the good stuff. I was able to find a Boston butt. I was able to find... I wasn't able to find no chicken. I don't understand why people and chicken, you know, you know, the one meat that goes bad quickly, that's what you want, whatever. But um yeah, so that's that's what I found and it it was it was revealing cuz I haven't been well, home be in a back while. And you know, there you go. You're back now. Say that again. Yeah, I'm back home now. Yeah, so I'm home now and it's just it's just kind of crazy how people have gone have completely lost their shit. You know, All right. I mean, I don't get. There you go. I don't get the toilet paper thing. I mean, but I've always been told, you know, growing up that society is a just a thin veneer, and you put people under pressure, you're gonna see the absolute worst in people, and you're gonna see the absolute best in people. 
but just just scrape away that veneer of society and of law and order, and then all shit break, all hell breaks loose. And unfortunately, in certain cities, you're going to see that this week. You're going to see the very best, and you're going to see the very worst of people. So, big fun. You know, I know all the doomsday preppers are loving this shit, but, you know, but I still can't understand the toilet paper thing. If you're short on toilet paper, go jump your ass in the shower. <laughs> okay? Right. The water's not bad. Go jump your ass in the shower. I, 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 I'm missing something here. You know, you should wash your ass after you take a shower, after you have number two anyway. I, I, I'm not getting it. But, you know, what do you need 20 cases of toilet paper for? You know? Hell, that might um, cause a depression afterwards because nobody's going to be buying any groceries because they got all the chicken in the store. <laughs> <laughs> they say get food for one month, not ten. What the hell? Right. I, I mean, I don't, I don't get this. I mean, I, I just don't. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm mystified. You know, but who am I? You know, I'm a, I'm a single man left by myself. You know. Exactly. But, mm. but exactly. This stuff is nuts. Yeah, it is. You know, mm-hmm. I was reading a story today about this young man that went to the counter and he had 23 cases of Mountain Dew. And it was a three-case limit. And they say he flipped all the way out because he couldn't have his 23 cases of Mountain Dew. Oh, that's a redneck. And I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, that's a redneck. I like... Yeah, twenty four. What do you want to do with twenty three? You know, you you drink twenty three cases of Mountain Dew. You you know your 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 body's gonna seize up on you. Your your you know your pancreas is gonna say fuck it. I give up. I'm dead. You know your teeth are gonna rot out. Exactly. Now I know I know a few white people who everything every tooth in their mouth rotted out because of that damn Mm -hmm. Mountain Dew. You know, yeah. I also think they they were into something else that begins with the letter M, but we won't go there today. But you know, <laughs> oh, the you same know. thing Andrew Gillum was on. Oh, dude. Uh, uh, let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. Let's talk. I want to talk about that real quick. You want to talk about? Because you know, I want to talk about Andy. Because you know, I know Andy, right? So yeah, let's you. talk about Andy real quick. Yeah, and I told the party about nine years ago, you know, I didn't care about his orientation or who he likes to love or anything because if you know me, you know, like, I don't, I, don't, I don't care what you do in your bedroom. I don't care. This is irrelevant to me. But my problem was, and I told him this, I said my problem with this, this Gillum guy is that he's in the closet. Okay. He deep in the closet, and when someone's deep in the closet like that, like if you're in like an intelligence agency, that's why when you go to an, you want to go work for an intelligence agency or even the police department or whoever, or if you're trying to get a security clearance, they want you to tell them all the, your secrets. And the reason why they right. want you to tell them all your secrets is because they don't want you to be a blackmail risk. So with that guy, my problem was, and what ended up happening. He's been, I know, at least three other occasions where he's been blackmailed because I did oppo research on him. And um, at least on three occasions, I know personally that he's been blackmailed. And also I knew his little crew has some crooked ways about him. 
so when I saw that, I was like, yo, I mean, okay for the city commission, whatever, not okay for anything more than that because he got issues. And the issues weren't about his orientation. The issues were about his lying about his orientation. And, you know, and it's a sad story. I feel sorry for his children. I don't feel sorry for his wife because she knew. And, you know, some other issues with that too. But his kids, I feel sorry for him. And he's got kids the same age as mine. And uh, it's just a sad story. But this was something that the party or the people could have stepped in and kept it from going as far as it has gone. And, you know, know, I'm kind of a minority in even the African-American community here where I live because of the fact that uh, I've been saying for years, like, look, this is a problem. You know, and, you know, we can't hold up people who, by the nature of how they're living their lives, have a corruption issue, you know, or a potential for a corruption issue. You know, we have to do better. You know, we can't allow certain politicians that we do have, who we know are corrupt, but just because they have a black face and they look a certain way and they come off a certain way, we can't let that slide, you know especially if they're not helping the people. And you have the same type, not the same problem at all. Let me be clear. But you have a a problem in cities like Houston where we have black leadership that isn't helping us. In Denver, we have black leadership that isn't helping us. So vote these motherfuckers out. You know, and that's what we have to do. Just because they're popular and they look like us, no, get them up out of there. And then put someone in that office that, you know, is either a placeholder or somebody who you really want to get the next time. But hold your politicians accountable. That's why we have the political system that we have. It's the political system we deserve because we don't do our due diligence. Or we have people out here that say that, oh, politics is not for me. It's like, bitch, do you live? Do you drive on the roads? Do you uh Oh, not the food? B word, dude. Not the B word. Yeah, yeah you <laughs> No, you know, I, you know, for me, it's a unisex word. It's, it, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's a unisex word for me. You know, I'm used to when I say the B word, I might, I use the B word most of the time referring to men. So, <laughs> but you oh, know, I'm like, but that's even worse. Yeah, that's hey, even worse. Hey, whatever. What, oh, man. Hey, what they gonna do? Hit me? What they gonna do? Fight me? Ooh, I'm scared. Let's not go but, there. Uh, let's not. We're gonna, we're gonna let that. Let's, let's finish what we were talking about. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you know, that's the way I look at it. Uh, yeah, that's the way I look at it. So you know, just, just you know, you, you know, even if you don't think you are involved, you are involved in the political system because everything around you is regulated. Everything around you is is organized. You know. Whether your pothole gets fixed, it doesn't get fixed. A lot of times that depends on politics. So Exactly. Everything is political. Even that church you go yeah. to is political. Even though your pastor is saying not to get involved in politics, he takes money. And most people don't realize that Homeland Security has contact with these churches. See, there are a lot mm-hmm. of things that happen behind the scenes that a lot of the parishioners and congregants don't know. Everything mm-hmm. around you, from the minute you wake up to the time you go to sleep and during your, you know, your your slumber there, you know, everything is political, and you need to understand that. 
You know, the, the yeah. amount of money you make at your job, that's political. How you spend your money is political. You know, all of those things. Mm-hmm. So when you say yeah. you're not involved in politics, then and you're still living, you're involved in politics. You know, you may not recognize yeah. it, but again, that has been done on purpose, the dumbing down of America. I remember reading that in Time magazine, and this was like the early, mid-80s. You know, because my mom got me a subscription to all of those magazines. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's it's just interesting. But, you know, just looking at what's happening now with the coronavirus and the erosion of the social safety net and basically the exposure of the glaring flaws in the social safety net in this country and, and making a case on its own, this coronavirus the stock market plunge, all of this is making a case as to why our social safety net needs to be shored up, not totally disintegrated and destroyed. And as I've told people in the past, and I've been saying this on this show from the very beginning, that what they're trying to do, the federal government is trying to move these entitlement programs or social safety net programs off of the federal register and hand them off to churches and 501c3s, primarily churches. But the churches do not have the subject matter experts nor the infrastructure to handle this, and it's going to fail because they're going to be stealing the money, stealing the products, the resources, all of that. And then also still having members Discriminate of against people who in. are like them. Yeah. yeah, exactly, discrimination, and then also having the people at the church work for free. To, to you know to mm-hmm. to disseminate these funds and disseminate these resources while the church is making money from the federal government, but of course they're not telling you that. And again, as I talk about when they talk about the anointing, it's supposed to go from the head to the feet, and somehow it never makes it down to the people at the bottom. You know, and, and <laughs> it's, it's never going to. No, get it gets that to way. it gets to the ankles. It gets to the ankles it, and stops there. You know. You know, <laughs> yeah. De- yeah, Deacon Chicken Eater had to, you know, need that money. You know, that's how right. that's how it works. You know, for you know, Deacon Chicken. Oh Eater, yeah. So, you know. See, but yeah, you know, so. there are a couple of articles that I want people to go and read. You know, one article is on Business Insider. FEMA chief says Trump still hasn't used Defense Production Act to get critical supplies for coronavirus fight. FEMA chief says Trump still hasn't used Defense Production Act to get critical supplies for coronavirus. And this was written by Ryan Pickrell, and it was posted three mm-hmm. hours ago. And basically it's talking mm. about how he has not made use of this. And that's because, you know, some of these business insiders, these business people have told him not to do it. And and basically, you know, it says that he has directed a lot of companies to produce key supplies like masks and ventilators, and that was on Friday. And on Saturday, he stated uh-huh. that he had not done that because private companies were stepping up on their own. And basically, you know, um, his, his Homeland Security guy, Gaynor, said that donations and voluntary offers of assistance were presently sufficient if it comes to a point we have to pull the lever, we will. So basically what they're doing is they're relying on donations and, and, and voluntary offers <laughs> of assistance. That's not how that's supposed to work. Not at you know? all, because that never – you see, I remember one thing I had in one of my political sciences classes and and, and, um, and when I was in FAMU. They said this. They said that 
whenever you have a business type get into a governmental position and they try to operate government like a business, it's a massive failure every time. So anytime you hear a businessman, oh, I, I have business experience, I can run government, run the other way as fast as you can, people. You know, vote for the other guy. I don't care <laughs> what it says because <laughs> the two don't operate the same. It, it, they're totally different mindsets. Government has spo- is supposed to work for everyone. A business is supposed to work for who can pay the most. You know, and so it's a completely different mindset. It doesn't work at all. You know, anyone says that you need to not even, not even you know, debate them. Just laugh at them. Right. You know, just laugh at them. Right. You know, don't even debate them. And I think that's one thing that the Democrats mess up on too is when these Republicans come with these crazy ass arguments. Don't debate them. Just laugh at them. You know, treat them as the clown right. they are. You know, exactly. Because that's all they are. They're exactly. a clown. They don't know what the hell they're talking about. They just, they just, they're having verbal farts. Exactly. I'm sorry, verbal fat flatuation. Verbal flatuation. <laughs> so, Say the flatulence so. going on over there. Yeah. It, oh, yeah. I yeah. I, I have a potty a, mouth. I'm sorry. Oh, you're okay. You know, but I yeah, need to yeah. correct myself. I called Pete Gaynor. I said Homeland Security. I meant FEMA. So I wanted to make sure that I corrected oh. that without somebody, you know, sending me an email. He's not Homeland Security. He's FEMA. But because I was talking about Homeland Security and the church and all of that, I just mm-hmm. got stuck. So, you know, I just wanted to make sure I, you know, corrected that while I'm still, you know, on the air. But one of the things I'm, I'm kind of I'm going to kind of come back to center of one of the conversations mm-hmm. that we had. And I was talking mm-hmm. about how they're going to start investing a million dollars a day to strengthen up and to shore up these Wall Street companies. Yet they cannot find money for reparations for black people that have been harmed in this country and, you know, descendants of enslaved people, you know, and and any of these other social programs, you know, Medicare for all, you know, um, you know, a universal basic income. They can't find mm-hmm. any money for that, but you can spend one trillion, an additional one trillion dollars a day by giving it to large banks, lending it to large banks. And so that article, mm-hmm. you can find it on pbs.org, and I'm waiting for it to finish loading up here. But um, this was written by Christopher Rugaber. Again, Christopher Rugaber, R-U-G-A-B-E-R, in the title of the article, Federal Reserves to Lend Additional $1 Trillion a Day to Large Banks. And this was written on the 20th, so a couple of days ago. And I'm trying to figure out how is it that they can't afford or find money for anything else, but you can find a trillion dollars a day overnight for these banks. How does that work? Because they give money to their campaigns. And the Republican constituency, and even a lot of Democrats, you know, they don't vote there. They'll they'll just go in there automatically and vote for whoever. They don't really get too pissed off. They just do it. Right. And that's what the problem is. Right. You know? Yeah. It's the complacency. It's the the people are just feeling like they're just sick of it, you know? And they've tuned out because they've been lied to a lot. I mean, look how many you had Clinton getting in office. He ran as a liberal, got in there, did all the conservative crap. Exactly. Obama ran as a liberal. His policies were very conservative. 
you know. Extremely. And if some Yep. He's a, yeah, he's so, a Republican. Yeah, basically. So when you see that over and over again, and even on the state and local level, that happens too many times, you know, and then with these congressmen, that happens too many times. So, you know, I mean, you have people that talk about the prison industrial complex, yet these same congressmen and senators own stocks in the prison industrial complex. You know, it's it's insane. It's insane, and it's 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 a sickness and a poison that exists in this nation. And we got to do something about it. And that's why I suggest to everyone get out and vote and vote for the most progressive candidate in the primaries. Because a lot of places, especially where we live, the primaries is the election. The you know right. the general election, it's just going to be some dead Republican versus, or if they even have that, running against them, and that's it. So get out and vote in the yep. primaries. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, and those local elections are extremely important, too, and that's one thing that we do stress. But, you know, going back to what the government is doing right now, you know, they're also buying up treasury bonds at record pace, right? And they're uh-huh. doing that, and, and, and also it's buying back, you know, mortgage-backed securities, and they're going to buy more. And it's important for you guys to understand that. And same thing with the money that they gave, you know, many of these corporations at the beginning of this and that they're still giving them. What these corporations are doing is they're doing stock buybacks. So when they buy their stock mm-hmm. back, what it does, it strengthens, you know, the numbers of the company, which enriches the shareholders with the dividends, but it also enriches those at the top that receive these bonuses depending on, you know, uh, how the how stock does, does, how the stock performs. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I need for you all to understand what these things mean, you know, and I'm not an economist or anything like that, so my answers that I'm giving you are very basic. You know, but you can't get the answers. You have people like Derek Hamilton and even Andre Perry and a number of other folks out there that are economists that can explain this in depth. You know, I've been reading, you know, a lot. Hell, Lizzie Warren. um, Lizzie Warren can explain it to you, too. I look for her first. You know, I look for her first. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, she's up there in that category tier one. So her and Derek Hamilton and Andre, you know, they're tier one. Those are the people that I look to first, you know, and see mm-hmm. what they're talking about. I look at people like Paul Krugman, you know, because, I mean, I look across the board when I when I start reading the the, the articles and, and the Krugman's information. Krugman basically that's a socialist feminine. by now. <laughs> Yeah, 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 basically, you know, but, but I look across the board. I even read what the Republicans are saying because that um, they love that guy from the University of Chicago, Austin Goosby, right? And, yeah, you know, none of this stuff works. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, none of this yeah, stuff yeah. works. Oh, yeah, another good book over- to read. Uh, if, you, if you're into books, um, get Good Economics for Hard Times. If, if you got a computer over there, can you look up the last name? But it's called Good Economics for Hard Times. The, the, the research behind that book won the Nobel Prize in Economics. And it basically, throughout all the, you know, the Chicago School of Business assumptions they made about an economy or about economics, completely tossed it out, said, look, it, it don't work. And then, hell, most of these companies at the high end, it's socialism anyway. So, 
you know, right. and explain, but right. they still, you know, people still perform and people still do what they want to do. So it talks about all these assumptions and how they don't work. And in fact, it's kind of destructive to the, actually, no, it is destructive to the planet. So in various right. ways and people, yeah, the so, authors, like look what's going on yeah. right now. We have free market healthcare <laughs> in the wild exactly. west. Uh, pub- actually we have free market you know, emergency healthcare, you know, like, um, you know, it's just insane. You know, it's just insane. And it, it's not supposed to work like that. So Exactly. Just, and the <laughs> author is Abich Banerjee. Y'all know I kill these last, these names. So the first name is A-B-H-I-J-I-T. Last name B-A-N-E-R-J-E-E, and the other author is Esther Duflo, D-U-F-L-O. So, again, the title of the book, Good Economics for Hard Times. And, um, you know, Nobel Prize winner. That means all the economics. Like, some people were arguing me about the book, and I was like, look, your problem isn't with me. It's about the Nobel Committee and all those other economists that says, Oh damn, you're right. You're so right. We're gonna give you a million dollars tax free. So you know Right. Argue with argue with it if you want to, but all of them economic economists said, Hey, they on to something. They right. In fact, you're so right, we're gonna give you a million dollars and give you a Nobel Prize in economics. So, you know, just let that sink in. <laughs> so exactly, that's all I'm saying. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. So you know, I'm just trying to make sure that you know people pay attention and see what's happening. And I'm gonna give you a few more titles for some books. I mean, not books for some websites out here that's talking about you know what's happening now and about how some of the most vulnerable people in this country are being shut out from direct payments, you know, taking part in this stimulus. And this is not a mistake. You know, this is being done on purpose, and you all need to be asking yourselves why. So there's an article here on Center for American Progress. The title of the article, The Senate Stimulus Proposal in Response to Coronavirus Fails to Meet the Moment. And it was written on the 20th, so a couple of days ago. And it goes into detail as to how this is laid out and how some of the most vulnerable people will not be able to, you know, basically reap any benefits from this. So it's going to make their situation even more complicated because these landlords and these banks still want their mortgage and their rent. That has not changed. You know, there are some cities and states that are now, you know, putting that on hold and, you know, telling them that they're going to have to eat that. You know, some of these landlords have reduced their rents to $100 a month until, you know, you know, which is basically a good faith payment, basically, you know. And, mm-hmm. and so I need for you guys to pay attention to that. And if that's happening in your city, in your state, and, and they're – basically telling the landlords and the banks to hold off, make sure you post that to help some other people and make sure you guys share that because that's important because, again, a lot of people out here are hurting. And as I've stated before, i got to make sure that, you know, Chad and, you know, and Biff over here eats as well as Pookie and Ray Ray, 
Because if they're not eating, they're looking at you and looking at your house trying to figure out what you got that they need and that, you know, they've decided that you can share with them. So, you know, mm-hmm. we need to pay attention to these things and actually get out of Yeah, I have no toilet help. paper, just FYI. I have no toilet paper and I have lots of guns. <laughs> so, you know, enter at your own risk. That's all I'm going to say. But no, I mean, I'm just looking at all of this, and you got people like McConnell talking about, oh, well, we'll give people loans, you know, but, you know, he was talking about small businesses, but it's only a matter of time before they talk about it for people. Oh, well, we'll give you a loan, Mm -hmm. and you have to repay the money that we give you to help you through these troubling times. And again, it's your goddamn money. (laughs) Yeah, right. Ain't mm-hmm. that some shit? That's been so funny Ain't about that's, it. That's it's your fucking money. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And then especially if unemployment goes up to twenty percent, which and that came out of Mnuchin's mouth himself. You know, that mm-hmm. it may jump up to twenty percent. You all need to pay attention to that. You know, and then also because this administration lies so much, the numbers that are coming out, I don't believe it because I believe it's being underreported and it's being underreported on purpose. You need to understand that. You know. So I'm gonna knock out two more articles that I want you guys to go and check out. Another one is on Al Jazeera, right? And mm-hmm. the title of the article to get through coronavirus lockdowns. We need basic income. Again, to get through coronavirus lockdown, we need basic income. And this was written by Neil Howard and Sarath Davala. And this was written four hours ago. So make sure you go and you check that out. And another article that I want you guys to check out, this is in Rolling Stone. And this has been circulated heavy. I just didn't get a chance to post it because, like I said, I've been kind of chilling out and pulling back. So that's why you haven't seen me on Twitter or, you know, Facebook doing anything really. But this article was in Rolling Stone. DOJ wants to suspend constitutional rights for coronavirus emergency. Again, DOJ wants to suspend constitutional rights for coronavirus emergency. And you should be worried about this. Uh Uh-oh. You know, because yeah. they're going to basically, they're trying to allow chief justices to indefinitely hold people without trial and suspend other constitutionally protected rights during coronavirus and other emergencies. You should be terrified about this. For what reason? I mean, for quarantine or, you know, because, you know, yeah, they about to pull an okie doke. Yeah. You know, like the Patriot yeah. Act. You know, uh-huh. you know. Maybe I should become a Republican. <laughs> <laughs> At least long enough so I can get out of here and go fuck you. <laughs> uh-uh. With your money, take your money and run. You know. But, exactly. Um, yeah, you guys. I want you to read that article. You know, I've, I've seen that a lot of people have posted it, so I'm really happy about that. But you need to check this out and to understand how they're trying to suspend statutes you know, limitations or rules of procedure, rules of engagement, you know, all of these things. Statute of limitations? What the hell do they mean a statute of limitations? Oh, yeah, they yeah, they also BS. Yeah. yeah, they want to be able to hold you for however long they decide they want to hold you. 
I mean, not even being given a bench trial where you can get released on bond or or what have you. They want to suspend all of that. So it makes me wonder, you know, are they trying to focus on protesters? Because you know they're afraid of that. And right now I feel that black and brown, red, yellow people, but especially just Americans in general, right now it would be, you know, an ideal time to try to force some issues. And demand some yeah, change. Yeah, issue, but force it from home. No, don't be going out protesting. Stay forced right, it from right, home. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right, but I mean, there are different ways to protest without going in the street and congregating. You know, there are things mm-hmm. that like people can not buy anything for two, three days. Bring these companies to their knees in that respect. You know, um, mm-hmm. you know, go on a general strike just across the board. Just don't show the mm-hmm. fuck up. You know, there are different ways mm-hmm. that, you know, we can make ourselves known and, and, and get the, the message clear, make it clear, you know, but the way that they're trying to do this, and especially when they had, um, what's his name, Sessions in office, whereas he was calling the protesters, you know, economic terrorists. So, you know, you're not mm-hmm. spending money or calling, you know, for a mass protest in which people didn't spend money. They were calling it economic terrorism. So you could be arrested for not spending your money the way they want you to spend it. And, you know, this is something we've talked about in the past. But America, America, you Americans out there, do you not realize that you were born and bred to be consumers? That's why they know if they give you this money, you're going to turn around and you're going to basically buy food or buy items immediately, which is what they want Don't you to do. Don't tell them about the matrix. Don't why. tell them about the matrix. <laughs> you know, hey, and this is why we talk about capitalism and, you know, and why capitalism is on its last legs. It's being tested, tried and true right now. And and how they need you to spend that money and how they need to pump this money back into these corporations and printing money up like nobody's business. And like I said, this, this economic slowdown that we have right now, this has been coming for a while. And we've been expecting this, right? And, you know, right now they're debating on whether to say that we are in a recession. We have always been in a recession, even when Barack Obama was in office with the mortgage bust. He called it the Great Recession. Truth of the matter, you guys, is that we've never recovered from that. And 70% Mm -hmm. of black and brown wealth was lost during that 2005 to 2010 time frame and even beyond that, you know, and um, you need. It's hey, let's keep them blue pill. Let's, let's keep the group blue pill. Yeah, let's keep them keep them blue pill. <laughs> you know, we, we don't need to rake, we don't need to give them the red pill. We're good. <laughs> I'm I'm joking. Yeah. I'm joking. Give them the red pill oh, all yeah. day. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it's true. Because you know, I'm just wor- I'm worried about I'm worried about getting I'm worried about getting put in a FEMA death camp. That's all. That's all. <laughs> so, Man. Yeah, I don't tell everybody I'm not going to the clink. That ain't going to end well. You know, me going mm-hmm. to the clink. That's just, mm-mm. No, they'll oh, be well, sending well, my, they, my Y'all be going, home. see, you'll be going to the clink. My behind will be in another country. I'll be like, man, that sucks. <laughs> can I, well, waiter, can I have another Mai Tai? Thank you. Actually, no, that peanut butter bourbon, that's my new thing, peanut butter bourbon. Have you had that before? I don't drink. I don't oh, drink yeah, at all. Oh, yeah, that's right. 
Oh, I had this wonderful stuff called peanut butter bourbon. It was quite fantastic. Yeah, it was quite fantastic. But I'm sorry, I digress. Let's get back to the seriousness. <laughs> um, yeah, I do this sometimes. I have a I have a senior moment. I'm kind of getting up there in age, and I have senior moments sometimes. So, sorry. <laughs> That's all right. Join the club. Uh-huh. Join the yeah. club. You know, I don't but, smoke either, I, but I got a couple of cigars. I think I'm going to light one up, but go ahead. Mm-hmm. But like like we said, it, this is if there's ever been a more serious time, it's today, okay? Because everything that you know is in the balance, and we can't be serious enough about that. Everything that you know is in the balance. You're going to see things over the both of both of us are students of history. So, and the thing about if you understand history, it gives you a, a insight on what's going to happen in the present and in the future. And exactly. the things that I see setting up, and I and I can't stress this enough, and how serious of a time that we're in. You know, yeah, I might laugh and I might joke about it because it's so freaking scary. Right. So take care of yourself, take care of your family, take care of your community the best you can, but be safe. And be informed, and and just have that knowledge of what's going on in the world. And we're we're out here trying to tell you, it, it's it's this is deadly serious. And there are things right. you can do. And between the both of us and the other people that come on here, the things we can do. The young lady that was on here earlier about just getting food to these children. That's right. You know that that's a, that's that right now that's a revolutionary act. So anything exactly. that you can do to help your community, yourself, your family, sometimes you just might need to just keep yourself busy to keep from going crazy. It's so important right now. So important. Exactly. I can't stress it enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I want to definitely send our condolences to the people, you know, the families and the friends of those who have lost their lives and, and send well wishes to those that are currently ill and that may get ill in the future, you know, we definitely want you to recover and you're not in this by yourself. You have a lot of us that are out there pulling for you and and just, you know, anything that we can do to make your life easier or to help you, do not be afraid to reach out. Please don't be afraid to reach out. And and we'll do whatever we can to assist you in whatever manner that we can within reason. You know, and um you know, yeah, we're all in this together. We don't have a choice, you know, because, you know, in the next one to three weeks, it's going to be an absolute nightmare in this country. And we need you to understand that this is just the beginning. But the next one to three weeks, especially in the next two, three weeks, is going to explode. And especially when you have a president that is not taking this serious. Remember, at the beginning of this, he was saying people had a cold and they should go and, you know, go and eat some soup or some old crazy bullshit mm-hmm. that he was saying. But he did not take this serious. And and even now, he's still not taking it serious. Like I said, they hate poor people. They hate poor people and they hate people in these marginalized communities. And, again, some of them see this as Darwinism. Let's just call it for what it is. And, you know, Mm -hmm. certain sectors of society dying off, you know, they want that. 
That is what they mm-hmm. want. Like. That is what they want. That's why I look at some of you out here that says that you're libertarian. You know, some of these libertarians, again, are living through another wet dream with all of this that's happening. You know, Rand Paul mm-hmm. supposedly, you know, tested positive. Couldn't have happened to a nicer person. <clears throat> you oh, know. yeah. He's a, yeah. Yeah, he's another Russian troll. <laughs> I mean, let's be real. <laughs> just... well, yeah. I'm going to go into Russia on the 4th of July. What the hell? Mm-hmm. And they come back with uh, all their talking points. What the, what's that about? Exactly. You know, that guy. Exactly. That guy. Exactly. That guy. But, yeah, now you have mm-hmm. activists all around the country that are calling on the politicians to release prisoners and release these immigrants in these detention centers. And, you know, some of that I fear, especially with the detention centers, and the reason why I kind of fear that is because they have snatched all these people's babies. So if they're going to release the babies from the detention centers, where are those babies going to go? Especially when mm-hmm. in some cases – they don't they don't know who the parents are. That information got lost in the shuffle. And some of these children from these detention centers are being adopted by other folks and being abused and a number of other issues that are happening with that. So, you know, I yeah, you know they're I doing really, them like they did the Native Americans did, you know, sixty, seventy, eighty years ago. Well, exactly. less than that, fifty years ago. Yeah. They're yeah. doing the exact same thing with them, you know. Well, we're going to take away your parents, and you're going to get raised over here, anglicize you. It's the same right. racist crap. And they did that with and black and brown people as well. They did that with black and brown yeah, families and, as well. Yeah. Yeah, and the thing is, it's like you, you, and you see all this crap, and, you know, you would think the opposition party would be, that would be a major issue. Like they would be talking about it and bringing light to it. But the opposition party in this country doesn't do that. You know, they want to have right. stupid fights over just dumb stuff. Exactly. Exactly. You're absolutely correct. You know, and and the whole thing is just, you know, is it's disheartening, but it's bring it's putting the spotlight on issues in this in this country that need to be, you know, highlighted, that people need to pay attention to, especially when it comes to the social safety net pro, you know, programs. And the problems surrounding that and why we need more progressive ideas, you know, and and the significance of FDR in the New Deal Mm -hmm. and how you have Mm -hmm. these conservative Republicans and libertarians and all of them that want to dial back all of those changes. So imagine if Paul Ryan and all of them had had their way and gotten rid of Social Security, which they're trying to privatize, gotten rid of, of Medicare, Medicaid, got rid of, you know, food stamps or SNAP, got rid of all of those programs, and we had nothing, and then this catastrophe hit. Can mm-hmm. you imagine the reaction that would have happened in this country when people had no safety net, nothing to tie them over? I mean, it, it oh, I mean, it's fun. Child. Oh, you, you know, it makes, and the, I really it makes do the Great Depression look like a it makes the Great Depression look like a picnic. Exactly. Right, exactly. Cool. And I really do uh-huh. believe they're trying to take us back to peonage. You know, and I've had people yeah. look at me like I'm crazy when I say that, but that's how they're setting this up. And you know, and I'm looking at all the people that are being all the Americans that are stuck overseas 
and trying to figure out how to get home, and they're not being tested, they're not being questioned, nothing. They come back into this country, you go through customs, and then you go on about your way. And then they come back into mm-hmm. these communities, and then all of a sudden, yeah. you know, people are getting sick, and it's just it's absolutely amazing how they're allowing this to happen. And, they're, of course, yeah. they're trying to prevent Americans from leaving this country as well. You know, and you know, I used to tease about that the, wall. The I'm thing like, about this virus, though, but here's, mm-hmm. the, here's the beauty about this virus. Because the stuff is coming from overseas, you're talking about middle class and up are the ones that are going to get sick. Right. Middle class and up. Like, look at New York City. New York City's taking it on the, the head. Yes, there's some poor people getting it, but it's middle class and up. That's why they're saying, where did it spike first? Long Island and New York. Right. They had to shut down whole communities in Long Island. Or they had to shut down. So it's not going to It's not gonna get, I mean, it's, you know, as it spreads out and over time, it's going to get to those communities. Like, it's going to lay waste to, like, states like Mississippi and Alabama and Kentucky and places right. like that. But... You know, and 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 not don't let it get into some place like well, their population. Some of those like those out west states, their populations are so small, it doesn't really matter. But some of those other states, oof, it's gonna be ugly. Texas, Texas is yeah. gonna get real bad. Exactly. Man, Texas is gonna get exactly. real bad. And it doesn't Oklahoma help when you have people. Oh yeah, and it doesn't help when you have people and pastors and all of them telling their members and telling the general public that this is a hoax or that the blood of Jesus will cover them and that it's the devil like, that cool. wants them to get together for church. And, I mean, I'm looking at all of this shit. You know, and and I'm like, a, you but see, I look at it mind. like this. That's a good thing. No, that's a good thing because guess what? They get sick, they go away, and we get more members. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> or more people that want. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm just, you know, I guess I'm a bit of a social Darwinist too. Actually, it's not even a social Darwinist. This is just straight up Darwin. This is hardcore Darwin. Like, okay, right. all right, dummy. If you dumb enough to go to a church, or you dumb enough to go to a sporting event, or you dumb enough to go to a beach, if you get sick, you know, and you infect all the other dumb people out there. You know, hey, yeah, like if it was my kid. Yeah. And he was dumb enough to do something like that. I'm like, no, you stay over there. You don't come around me. Uh uh-uh. uh See, and see, mm-hmm. and that's the whole thing right there. You know, I was supposed to be in Detroit this weekend. I was supposed to mm-hmm. be in Detroit going to the Wu Tang concert that they did with the Detroit Symphony Orchestra, and it was mm-hmm. canceled. But the only reason why I never bought my ticket to go to that show is because my doctors were like, no, because of the heart surgery. So it's like, you know, you cannot be driving to Detroit. You cannot be in a crowd filled with people like that, you know. So my doctors told me I couldn't go to the concert. So that's why I didn't buy the ticket. But, you know, I mean, I'm just looking at all of this. You got people showing up in mass at parks, at farmers markets, at the beach. You know, at church and all of these things, you know, putting everybody at risk because, see, these people still have to come home. And even though, yes, this is, you know, it hit the middle class and the upper classes first, again, as we stated earlier, you know, the CNAs and some of these other, you know, um, um, service-based yeah, industries. I, understand. I know. I'm just being yeah. bad. I was just talking yeah. crazy. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. 
Oh, no, no, no. But, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm just saying those are the people that service them. So then you have these people coming back to their families that they're already, in some cases, struggling to take care of, coming back with that and, and getting the whole family infected or, the, you know, the, their neighbors, you know, because, you know, in some cases they live in neighborhoods that are congested as well, you know, live in buildings that, you know, the owners of the buildings may not um, may not be – taking care of the building or the upkeep of the building as well as they should. So it's just a number of things. But, yeah, we're going to wind this down. We're down to our last 60 seconds. And I would like to thank Jacob Eaton from BAAU, which is Black Atheists and Agnostics United International. So we got to add the I at the end. So any oh, parting yeah, words, Oh, yeah, I did that, didn't I? No, thank yeah. you for listening, and thank you. It was great being on here with with um, the gracious host of this wonderful show, and uh, hope she invites me back sometime. You know, I hope I'm not too much oh, of a yeah. disruption, but uh, I enjoyed myself <laughs> on here. And again, shameless plug. You know, if you're on Facebook, please come and join Black Atheists and Agnostics United. That's our main group, and we have our international group, too. That's Black Atheists, um, Black Atheists um, and Agnostics United International. And nice talking to you again, and I'm looking forward to either hearing you or being on here. And thank you. Yes, definitely, definitely. So, again... This is Kim with Black Free Thinkers, and we are here to challenge you to think and live for yourself. And again, we are here to challenge you to think and live for yourself. We are Black Free Thinkers, but we are not the Kanye and Candace Owens kind. You all enjoy your weekend. Thank you, Jacob. Thank you, Jen. Thank you, listeners. Love you. Take care. Good night.